Hi, this is Chris with the Sheepdog Church Security, and we're going to do something a little bit different for this video. I actually have somebody interviewed today, and that's Jimmy Meeks. A lot of you probably know him from the Sheepdog Safety Seminars. You know, that he was traveling around the country with Carl Chen and, and Dave Grossman, and they were basically just putting out the call to churches all over the nation the importance of having a safety team. He's kind of going in another direction now. I think it's a very exciting direction that um, while it's not normally a topic we talk about, um, I think it's very important to a lot of you in our audience and really nothing else to support what he's doing. So, Jimmy, thanks. Man, good here. to be here. Good to be here in Minnesota when it's not minus three. I think <laughs> the last right. two times I was here, I froze over and stayed an extra month and you had to thaw me out. But Anytime we don't have uh, snow to drive through, we no. consider it a good yeah. day. I live in Dallas. I don't even know what snow is, but I hear it's, uh, <laughs> I hear it's beautiful. <laughs> Excellent. So let our audience know. Let these guys know. I mean, a lot of them, like I said, already kind of know you, and they've been following you for years and really look up to you as an no. authority on a lot of things. And, and anyone who's been to one of your seminars knows your heart for really just how much you care for other people i mean we see a lot of it in you know how you care about women that have been victimized and children that gets victimized in churches and your presentations are pretty moving and and now you're looking at something brand new the cornelius project yeah we're really excited about that uh, chris of course i'm still working with sheepdog seminars and uh, really we're going to keep helping the churches we don't want to stop doing that most people don't know that uh, we've had probably more people have died a violent death on church and faith-based property than they have school shootings in the last 20 years, since January of 1999. So it's still a problem. There's probably been 20 to 25 people shot at church this year. That's not counting all the sex crimes and all the disturbances. Uh, we can't even keep up with that. So I'm not going to quit that. We're going to keep promoting it, but we are going to add another direction uh, We've been really involved in an outreach to police officers. Matter of fact, this week and the last five days, I've been at Chicago PD. I've been at uh, I had a couple of hundred cops show up in an event in uh, Elkhart, Indiana, last Friday. A Chicago PD before that, a Kenosha PD, and today, and I've been running around the Minneapolis PD, just loving on these guys. And we have this new website out called the Cornelius Project, and uh, it's uh, very much probably only ten to twenty percent of the content that I want on there right now but we encourage people to go to we've got some videos there police officers who love the Lord and uh, who've been shot or had to shoot someone and I've been passing out I printed out 20,000 business cards a week ago and I've been on the road for about uh, 1,500 2,000 miles since uh, I think Saturday the 27th or 28th but we want to reach out to the police while at the same time and uh, still encourage it's still very difficult as you well know it is so hard uh, to wake up church people. It's not hard. To, oddly enough, it's not hard to wake up non-church people. You can get the people in the world to understand that this is dangerous. But there's still that mindset amongst church people that if you're inside a house of worship, the house of God, as we like to call it, you're safe. And in spite of the fact that we just have this uh, this violence, and we're just in a real I was talking to a Minneapolis police officer today, a couple of them, and uh, said, yes, uh, crime is just skyrocketing here in the Minneapolis area, and it's not going to stop. Now, it may fizzle off some because, you know, uh, sometimes it just does. But the churches, we still want to plead with them to uh, to take care of your flock. We we still get tons of reports about sex crimes 
even during COVID. I don't know how that's even happening, you know, but uh, this stuff is so serious. So we're still pleading with these churches, please wake up. You've got to wake up. Yeah, we've been, I've been talking to the, to the sheepdogs out there just about how much we've seen a spike in vandalism and arsons at church. Now, mm-hmm. we both know that the FBI statistics for this year won't come out until 2022 probably, but just anecdotally from all the reports that we're seeing, news reports from around the country, and, and one of the things I believe is this, is that those vandalisms are almost like the canary in the coal mine. It's only a hinting at what, how much more we're going to see in churches. You know, the, the potential for disruptions, maybe even more violence. I mean, Carl yes. Chin's numbers show that the number of uh, deadly force incidents are climbing and climbing and climbing like never climbing. before. And people ask us all the time, how come, how come we're not hearing about that? Or how come that's not in the news? It is in the news. How do you think we know about it? <laughs> And this is what you need to understand about the news. The evening news, ABC, NBC, or CBS, that's a 19-minute presentation every night. You're not going to hear about all the attacks at churches unless it's a massacre. A massacre, of course, is four or more people killed in one scenario. But we, we know about these things because they are in the news, and it's never been easier to go get news. Used to, you had to let it come to you. But now, because of Google alerts and you know settings you can have on your computer, uh, we're able to keep up with things. We know about them in less than 30 minutes. But it is in the news. And uh, I've had people, when I've shared things with them, they say, well, can you give us proof? Yes, here are the links if you want to go <laughs> right. read this stuff. And Carl Chin, nobody does it better than him. Uh, his uh, research on this is so extensive. It involves, it probably takes him a full day, I'm guessing, to even, uh, before he, he won't put anything on there until he is just super-duper, for lack of a better term, super-duper confirmed it. So it is still happening. So, uh, and I imagine you know, there's uh, we we had a church in uh, New York where protesters just marched right in. I'm sure you saw that it was on yeah. video. And uh, I mean, they marched in there. Uh, they were cursing those people. They were carrying on. And there's a real hatred that you see toward the churches. You know, Jesus said they hate me. They're going to hate you. But also, some churches, uh, you know, just uh, the the pastor's very outspoken, or the church is somewhat controversial. You know, and uh, it's going to draw a crowd either way. If people show up to hurt you, it's it's going to be a terrible thing. You know, you know this, uh, but I was married in a church where 40 years ago, a man walked in 40 years ago, June of 1980. He shouted, this is war, and he shot 15 people. He killed five. We made a movie about it, Faith Under Fire, or actually Heartstone Pictures made a movie about it, uh, the amazing Sandra Hicks. But uh, my point is this, 40 years later, it's been 40 years and three months since that happened in East Texas. And Chris, they are still suffering. They are still suffering. One of the people in the movie, his name was Russell May. We interviewed him in 2013. In 2014, he killed himself. You know, 30, whatever that is, 30-something, 35 years after he saw what he saw as an 11-year-old boy. And, And that's when we encourage you to protect your flock. That's why Chris does what he does, because... You know, all this research shows that when you have a tragedy at your church, uh, you are, you're probably not going to get over it. Yeah. Uh, you may think you will, and you'll say, "I will pray for that church" or whatever. But that church where it happens, those people suffer for years to come. And uh, you think of that church in White Settlement where Jack Wilson stood up and shot the guy. But you know, he killed two people. He killed a guy named uh, Richard and a guy named Anton. 
That was last December in White Settlement, Texas, I'm sure. I don't know if you want me looking at you or the camera. Yeah, yeah, fine. Is it okay? You're talking to them. <laughs> I don't know. I do this a lot. I don't ever know. But, yeah, uh, talk to them. I'd rather look at a camera than you. Just to be honest. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, you know, Jack Wilson, he stood up that day, and he stopped it. And everybody knows about that and says, wow, what a hero. Jack is a wonderful man. Uh, I mean, a great guy. But don't forget the other side of this coin. That church is going to suffer for years. You will come to church. You will sit there. Every little bit of noise. My grandmother used to tell me she was at the church in Dangerfield, Texas, 40 years ago when uh, the lady sitting next to her mother behind her was killed. And Grandma told me till her dying day for as long as she could you know, talk until, of course, she began to get older and, and what have you and stuff kicked in. But she said, Jimmy, I can still hear the bullets. Mm. You know, 30 years later and I guess it was closer to 40 years later now that I think about it but she could still hear the bullets and feel the heat and she told me once I never can I, I don't even I can't even sit in church without thinking about that I watch the windows I watch the doors she once told me you know she was like 90 when she told me this 85 she goes you know I don't even I go out to eat or I'm sitting at home I don't think about getting attacked she was a widow the last 25 years of her life and she said, I don't think about getting hurt when I'm at home or at restaurants, but when I go to church, I do. So that's one reason you protect the flock, because you're going to be traumatized. You can throw all the Bible verses you want to out there. Well, everything works together for good, and God will comfort, and that's true. I mean, I'm a, I love Jesus. I'm a 47-year preacher, and I'm not opposed to believing the right thing. But I would rather learn that the stove is hot by being told than by touching it 10 times. <laughs> if you can prevent, I'd rather prove that Bible verse to work the other way around that good things happen to also when in your life when something terrible doesn't happen like a tragedy at your church or the molestation of a child or all these sex crimes those are in the thousands every year so that's why we plead with the churches please protect your flock because if something happens uh, it'll be 50, it'll be at least 40 years before they recover and half your congregation won't be there and the other half will maybe have died off so that's when we plead with you, the uh, devastating effects of violence. And you and I both, I mean, you were a war veteran. We've been talking about the night, you know, a veteran. You were a police officer. I was a police officer 35 years. All of this violence, you know, Colonel Grossman often says, we're not wired for violence. We're wired for protection. And all this violence that is happening in the country, whether it's justified or not, it is affecting people and will affect generations to come. Children who've had to see things and, and all of this stuff. So I encourage you, the churches out there, please protect your flock. You know, we tell them, Chris, if I can just throw something else in real quick. You know, when you gather on a Sunday, and this is what puzzles me. You, know, you and I have been doing this a little while now together, probably, I don't know, 15 or 20 years combined experience. I'm still shocked at how unprepared churches are. Yeah. I go to a church and they want me to evaluate their team and there's a, yeah, we, we carry our gun. Do you practice often? And some of them have not shot since the Civil War. <laughs> you, you don't go to the, oh, we don't need to go to range. We hunt once a year. I, I am stunned at the ignorance among some of these church safety teams where you've got these armed men and women who never practice. And another thing I never see, they never have, uh, well, about one out of ten that I've seen carry a tourniquet. Some of, some of them don't even know what it is. What's tourniquet? It's that thing you're going to need to wrap around the people that are dying. You know, when that police officer rushed into First Baptist Church of Sutherland Springs where 26 had been killed, 20 murdered, 
Sutherland Springs, first Sunday in November 2017. I talked to that cop a few months ago. He rushed in there. 46 people are bleeding to death. He had two or three tourniquets on him. Mm. And that has haunted him. And boy, now he carries like a dozen everywhere he goes. But I'm asking your safety team, do you practice? Do you have a tourniquet on your person? If you don't carry a tourniquet on your person, you are saying it won't happen here. And if you're counting on your belt, that's fine as long as you can come across somebody who's about, you know, if you've got, it's, that belt's going to come around. There's no, uh, help me out, brother. There's no loop in that final six or seven inches. There's, those right. are 32, 34 inches. And mm-hmm. you come across somebody like that, he, you're dealing with a, an alien, if that's the case, the incredible right. Hulk. So why aren't you carrying a tourniquet? Uh, I was told the FBI, the lead investigator of the Las Vegas Las Vegas massacre, yeah. 58 were killed, over 520 shot. Uh, Carl Chen heard him say that over half of the people killed that day would still be with us if a tourniquet had been applied. So if you don't carry a tourniquet, if you're not practicing, do your church and the team a favor. Get off the team. And if I could throw this in, if you don't have legal defense, uh, you're you're going to need twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars. If you do have to take somebody's life, you're going to need about forty grand for a lawyer. Now that may be fine, Chris. I know you're as wealthy as a TV preacher. <laughs> We're here in this $4 million mansion tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, you're going to need thousands of dollars. Can you imagine what those two attorneys needed who pulled out that gun in St. Louis when they broke down the bars and the protesters came down the street? They were attorneys, so I'm sure they got other attorneys that did them the favor. But they got charged with that. That's probably thirty or $40,000. And let me throw this in too, Chris. Uh, Jack Wilson, who did shoot the bad guy in White Settlement, Texas, back in December, I just saw this. I may have already told you. Last week, the last week of September, nine months later, nine months later, the grand jury cleared him. I did not know that. That has been hanging over Jack Wilson's head for nine Nine months. months. Can you imagine what kind of, uh, what would you call it, lawyer bill? Right. But he has no lawyer bill because he belongs and you and I believe belong to U.S. Law Shield. I belong. I think yeah, you do too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're U.S. Law Shield people and they're not paying us to say this, uh, but U.S. Law Shield, you know, for 120 bucks a year, they're going to cover you. So please, if you're not going to sign up with them, sign up with somebody. But we've got close to 600,000 members and if you have to use deadly force, you call the number we give you and we cover you. We give you a lawyer in that second and yeah. we cover you criminally and civilly. So you need that tourniquet, you need to be practicing, and you're you you know, you're going to need an attorney. So I sure hope you have somebody. Yeah, one of the things I've talked to them about is mass trauma bags. You know, filling go. it with, you know, Israeli pressure bandages, with tourniquets, with belly bands, and actually go through practice. When you do your active shooter training, you know, follow it up. So you have your little scenario, you play through your scenario at church, and then do the next step and do a mass casualty type training where you get it out and you actually go through the motions, practice how mm. after you neutralize the bad guy, now you're taking care of the injured. And it's just an essential part of it. And then, of course, with the insurance we talked, I think it was a few weeks ago. It's actually legal defense is what it is. Yeah. It's not even insurance. It's We're going to give right. you this lawyer yeah. that you're going to have paid it's $120 a membership for. To, to have that lawyer kind of, in a sense, on retainer. and. That's essential. You know, churches should be covering you. You know, there's some good insurance riders out there for armed volunteers. You got to look into those. I know Brotherhood Mutual is one of them. A lot of other insurance companies will basically tell these guys, 
oh, a safety team's the worst idea in the world. And it's because they don't offer that rider, they don't mm-hmm. offer that insurance, and they don't want you to go away. Yeah. So they'll say all kinds of stuff, and I've heard it direct from oh, people that I got a call last week from Phoenix, Arizona. I said, can you help me, Mr. Meeks? Uh, my church just notified the safety team that the insurance will not cover them. And we're not going to badmouth the insurance, Brotherhood Mutual. These other guys are class acts full of a lot of good people. But you need to make sure because we're not talking about, we're talking about a lawyer that's going to go into court with you when the district attorney charges you with murder or homicide of some, you know, caliber or whatever. You need an attorney, and that means you need a lot of money. If you belong to U.S. law, we're going to cover you right off the bat. So you just... Know what you're doing. Be prepared. You know, Chris, the Bible says the prudent man foresees danger and takes precautions. So don't let your faith dumb you down. Don't say, well, I guess God will take care of me. Well, he's taking care of you. That's why you're watching this this morning, tonight, whenever you're watching it. He's showing you what to do. Get prepared. Yeah, you know, I, you know, as you would spend how many years in law enforcement? 35. So you're 35. I did 18. And uh, I don't know how things worked in Texas, but up here... Um, the union will cover you with an attorney, and sometimes the city also will provide mm-hmm. you with an attorney should you use force and be protected. The only thing is, is this: is the city attorney works for the city, not you, mm-hmm. and and even to some extent with the union, you know they can also deny you coverage. That kind of you know providing that lawyer, and so for me it was always about having that guy that's sitting in my corner that cares about nobody else in that room but me because you could just see you know i i had a chief that used to tell us oh you got a city attorney you don't need anything extra than that it's like no way if you guys can find a way to cut me loose and say oh he violated a policy or he didn't whatever it would be then i'm sitting there all alone with no legal representation and and i I, i'm not going to say your church's insurance company is going to do this to you but do you think that church that insurance company rep if they do provide somebody do you think they care about you, or do you think they care about mm-hmm. the stakeholders of that of the church's insurance company? You know, Chris, I always like to say that um, <laughs> Jesus had 12 disciples. When he got arrested, they, every one of them forsook him. Matthew 26, it wasn't just Judas that betrayed him and Peter that denied him. The other 10 said, we're out of here. <laughs> and if the disciples of Jesus can run around with him for three to four years and say, well, we're not going to cover him now that he's getting arrested. <laughs> I don't think I've ever put it that way. Right. Uh, just make sure. I'm not bad-mouthing any of these insurance companies. God bless them all. But you need an attorney that's in your corner. And we didn't start this show just to promote that. We just see what's coming. I mean, Jack Wilson was cleared by the grand jury ten nine months later. I didn't know that until I read an article so we hope you'll and when you do oh. use chris's code i don't know what it is yeah i'll, I'll throw a link in there yeah, i mean gonna I'm gonna, i'll share a link for the faith under fire which is on amazon you can watch it yeah for like $2.99 and it's actually i mean it's pretty decent you know i know some of you guys have watched you know christian type documentaries yeah, and like programs that. and mm-hmm. and they're absolutely horrible <laughs> um but this is really good, so definitely you got to check it out. It's it's definitely worth two ninety nine. Here's one five. The the Dove Foundation gave Miss Hicks five doves for this, yeah. and I had an Arkansas police officer tell me I've only seen three movies that made my hair stand up: Saving Private Ryan, American Sniper, and Faith Under Fire. But Chris and I saw it tonight on. We saw that yep, it was on, on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime, right? Yep, yep. You can and uh, two ninety nine, you can rent it. Faith Under Fire, and uh, I was married. It's a church I was married in. And, I, and those people have not yet recovered. I hope you'll watch it. Yeah, and we'll also share the U.S. Um, Law Shield link. 
you can go there, check it out. You know, some of you already have insurance through different, you know, uh, type, this is a membership, but you have other types of insurance that protects you. Great. That's fine. You know, mm-hmm. you know me, I'm not about telling you that you should buy this specific product. It's always about what's going to be best for you, your team and your church. So if you know you're covered and you're going to have that lawyer in your corner, awesome. If you Great. don't, you'll, you can check out the link and see if that's something that's going to help you. I believe it will. And if nothing else, hopefully you'll never have to use it. (laughs) Um, Mm. But if you do have to use it, it's going to help you. And even in this last shooting you're talking about, nine months. And and for you that saw the video, that's a pretty clean shoot, right? I mean, we saw the guy pull the shotgun. He shot and killed two people. We watch him kill two people. And then he shot. And it still took nine months for him to get cleared. Now, just imagine what's going on you know and yeah you spend a lot of time in prayer you probably get a lot closer to god than you ever been in a long time <laughs> but at the same time you want that lawyer you want that someone that's going to be there for you and this is what these guys do this is what they do they're they're all about defending people that have had to use force and it's even lower levels it doesn't have to be shooting i mean if you oh, have yeah. to put your hands on somebody drag them out by his ankles they'll cover you for that too you're right then you have that attorney Pepper spray. if you, you if you have to Defend yourself by the use of your car. If you're in one of these cities where there's riots and they're all over your car and you're like, I'm going to die, and you need to do what you need to do in your car, you use that car to defend yourself, U.S. law shit will cover you. And, yeah. and But make sure that you know you can't just go running over people. I hope I'm not <laughs> <Right>. saying that. <laughs> you know, right, yeah. Uh-oh, I didn't mean to back over the wife. I, no, no. <laughs> We're talking about in fear of your life and following the law. But, man, get on the phone with them and get the coverage, guys. Because there's going to be a lot of stuff come out. That, yeah, so you're let's going to need an attorney. Let's take a little bit of a, a change here, and you know, I'm glad we were able to talk about church security, and that's most of what the people are here are all about: uh, church safety and security. But I'd really like you to elaborate more on just where your heart's at with the Cornelius Project. No, of where course. Your Forgive me, that's with... what you asked to begin yeah, with. No, that's fine. Hey, I, I got carried hey, away. I'm sure they all love what we had to say, but I want <laughs> okay. them to hear about this because I think it is something that's. I don't know, it's pretty easy, I think, for us to sit in our living rooms um, and watch the news or we're maybe we're on social media and we're hearing all these things and it's conflicting information or <clears throat> one-sided and we really don't really understand what's going on in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. These people that you've been talking to this last week, what they're feeling, how, what they're going through <laughs> and really what the Cornelius you Project bet. is all about. Well, you can learn more of the website. I've just got it going, and we have a whole lot more info to put on it. But if you go to the Cornelius, C-O-R-N-E-L-I-U-S project.com, or there's some shortcuts, bluelife.support or bluelifesupport.com. But the Cornelius Project right now is just a, uh, a ministry that I've started, Chris, that uh, we're using the name Cornelius. Most people don't know Cornelius was the first non-Jewish convert to the Christian faith. Acts chapter 10. You know, up until then, the Lord had only been saving Jewish people. Well, in Acts 10, we have our first uh, non-Jewish person, Gentile. You're either Jew or Gentile. That's all you are. Our first Gentile gets saved is Cornelius. And Cornelius was a soldier. He was like a, but he was also a law enforcement officer. He was like a captain in patrol. He had a hundred men under his command. And he's the first Jewish, a non-Jewish convert. So it hits me about four years ago that when the Lord decided to start bringing people into the family that were non-Jewish, he said, let's start with the police. You know, because the police, 
And I believe history and tradition says that Cornelius went on to be a bishop later on. I don't know about that. We'll never know, but that's what tradition says. But the police have such incredible potential to be so effective. I did it for 35 years, five five years in Oklahoma, 30 in Texas. But the police officers really need Jesus. They really need the Lord because uh, the Lord is so pro-cop. You know, Romans 13 says the the police officer is sent by God. Not many people can say my job was created by God, but the police can. But they need a lot of help. We've had over 115 police officers commit suicide this year. Uh, Some of the numbers are down. About 35 have been killed with gunfire. Five of them were killed by accidentally by inadvertent gunfire from a partner and what have you, which is heartbreaking. So the numbers are not as high as they used to be in terms of murder. But we've had thousands of police officers injured. Minneapolis and Chicago's had well over close to 2,000 officers injured. New York's had thousands injured. And things do seem to be settling down a little bit. But you, you know, a friend of mine told me the other day, a retired Atlanta cop, he said, you know, you're one bullet away from death and one bullet away from indictment. Hmm. So he, he got out and he's doing police work in a much safer environment, if there is such a thing. But uh, it just seems to me, I had a Minneapolis police officer tell me today, He's uh, been traumatized. He's off the streets. And he said, man, it's just torn me to pieces. But then he said, you know, all of this did bring me back to faith in Jesus. And I said, praise God, brother. I just happened to be visiting him today in Minneapolis out on the streets. So it's a, if you go to our website, is it okay to say, too, if you want to yeah. go and help us, donate? Yeah, uh, I had to raise, uh, only raised about half amount of money. I was hoping to raise 5000 for this trip. But I, the last week and a half, I've been running around to... Chicago. I spoke to about 200 officers last Saturday, and then I went into Chicago roll calls. They brought me in today. I was in Minneapolis. I went to Con- uh, Konisha. What, what is it called? Uh, Kenosha. Kenosha. Okay. Kenosha, Kenosha, goodness Wisconsin. gracious. I hope you can edit this thing later. But. <laughs> so I'm trying to get the as much. Uh, I'm trying to get the gospel to as many police officers as I can. So I'm I'm not ashamed to ask you. Will you help me? Go to the website, uh, the Cornelius, thecorneliusproject.com. There's a donate tab on there. Give what you can. Or, or, or give a dollar. Anything helps. I, someone gave me a hundred bucks the other day, and they said it's not much. I said, "Are you kidding? That's one night I don't sleep on the street. I'm too old for that." <laughs> you know, so that's a hotel that keeps us on the road. Keeps us on the road, or it helps. Maybe you want to give a lot and say, "Hey, I want you to do something." And I'm on my, on my way to Portland uh, tomorrow or the next day. And we we would love to show up at some of these departments with cookies or pizza and just go in there and love on them and just pour the Lord on them. But please go to the website, The Cornelius Project, see what we're doing. You'll see a lot of videos there. Uh, there are videos of police officers who've been shot or who have shot somebody. You'll see a video of the police officer who stopped the first ISIS attack on American soil, Greg Stevens. May 3rd, 2015, two terrorists showed up at a convention center. Greg took them both out. And he's a man of faith. He's on fire for the Lord. So help us out, thecorneliusproject.com. We're just trying to saturate now, there's 17,000 police departments in the country, 787,000 police officers. Minneapolis is just hitting. They told me today, Minneapolis is going to be in trouble. They are fixing to reach historic lows. They've shut down the police academy. They have 150 people that are quitting and retiring. Uh, this could be disastrous times. So pray for the police. You know, the scripture says pray for kings and all that are in authority. So pray for them. Reach out to them. Get your church to reach out to them. Those of you who have Saturday morning breakfast, can I encourage you to do something with your men's breakfast? Uh, Shut it down. (laughs) Just don't have it. What do we do, Jimmy? Take that Saturday morning. Go to the local police department. 
stand around the flag and pray for them. Skip a meal. It wouldn't hurt you to do that. Fast. We're going to have a Saturday morning fast. Take out the break and just leave the fast in. <laughs> okay? I never thought of that. I'm having streaks of genius tonight. I can't believe it. <laughs> just on a Saturday morning, just say, hey, man, let's go up to the police department and let's pray for them. So many of them are so discouraged. I know there's some bad cops out there. There needs to be a lot of change. and I'm doing everything I know. I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. I can barely sit here. My back is hurting so bad. I'm doing everything I know to help them. But I think if the Lord got a hold of them, I know this, he would give them a new heart. And that new heart would not let them be corrupt or racial or, or whatever. I mean, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to make mistakes. But uh, right now, the door is wide open. So check out the website, The Cornelius Project. Make a donation, pray for us, whatever. And help me saturate these 17,000 police departments with uh, the gospel. I think a lot of us just forget how strategic police are in not only the obvious, you know, community protection, right? The reason we live the way we live in this country is we've been spoiled by great law enforcement for the most part. Yeah. I mean, there are exceptions yes. out yeah. there, but for the most part, we've been very spoiled. We have great cops. We have great police departments that are out there. But what we don't see is just how under fire they are. Now we're seeing more of it, and I think a lot of our eyes are, you know, are opening up. But even when I was in law enforcement in the, you know, in the early 90s, there's a problem. Um, you know, they have a saying in law enforcement. You see the, you know, the good people during bad times and bad people all the time. And that weighs on you. And the way I used to explain it is this, is kind of like your, the human heart, right? And something happens and it's like a little razor or a little pin puts a little scratch in that heart. And that little tiny scar tissue there, that's nothing. But as time goes on, there's more and more little cuts, little more, little more scar tissue. Mm -hmm. And over time, especially people that work in large departments, I worked in Huntsville, uh, Alabama, north side, very bad side of town. And it was call to call basically from the time I got on to about two, three o'clock in the morning, because even criminals go to bed at about four. <laughs> but yeah. it was, but that, and, and what it was is what I didn't realize that was happening to me is my heart was getting harder and harder Me too. towards the general public. And I started to say things and think things that were did not line up with my Christian faith. So I'm going to church on Sunday morning, and I'm learning about Jesus and God's love and mercy and grace, and certainly I experienced it, and I knew I was forgiven. Mm. But something was happening to me, and it's it's very it was insidious in a sense. And this is what's happening to cops all over the country. I, you know, I, I finished my time out in a very small town. But guess what? There's still calls. You're still dealing with that child that was molested. You're still dealing with that wife that got beat up. You're still dealing with people that just hate you because of the uniform you wear. And, you know, it's like they don't, you don't even know me. But all these things just kind of add up to that scar tissue. And then you come home, Chris, to... You don't. You, he and I are very blessed. We've been married for almost 100 years between the two of us. But a lot of cops come home to that troubled marriage. Yeah. They got bills. You know, they were so miserable. They went out and ran up credit cards to buy a boat, a jet ski, motorcycle. Now they've got that added pressure and they're working these part-time jobs. And they have the, you know, the Minneapolis police officers telling me today, the way the mayor has forsook them, the city council, a vote of no confidence, all of their confidence, the people who had any trust in them has been 
like a rug pulled out from under them. Yeah. And that creates a lot of pressure. As a matter of fact, I've always thought, you may disagree, most stress in the life of a cop is internal. It's the politics, oh, yeah. the, the police department. And then you get on the street and like, oh, here comes everybody else's problems. So, and then you carry it home. And that's why, you know, last year we had 228 police officers commit suicide. 228. And uh, so it's a good time to give them the gospel. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to add to the stress no, part yeah, there. No, absolutely. But I hate, I hate having a guest on my show and cutting him off. But, uh, <laughs> the Jimmy Mick show here. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, uh, I think cops are under a lot of pressure. Even in the good times, they're under pressure. And if they don't have people that's praying for them and showing those kindnesses, you know, you'd be surprised. You know, even something like, I don't know, bringing donuts. Now, that's pretty cliche, but sometimes people do this, you know, in different, you know, just in the community. And they come in, they show a little bit of kindness, you know, and it goes a long way. And it's a good reminder. Even the cards from the kids, you know, from the D.A.R.E. program or whatever. I saw stuff like that hanging around the Chicago PD, cards from the kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, just just reach out to the local police, yeah. pastors, pastors. Why don't you go up there and talk to the chief? Why are you, Chris? I've had cops call me and say, "Man, my pastor's marching with the protesters, but won't even speak to me." Mm-hmm. And I've been going to this church for ten years. I'm a good cop, and I don't know what to say to that guy, pastor. Why aren't you supporting the the men and women in blue? Those protesters are not going to come to your rescue if you have a church shooting or tragedy. Mm-hmm. You need to reach out to them. I'm, I've been stunned at some of the things I've heard from guys say about their churches. Just heartbroken. Not all of them, yeah. but some. I think, you know, this is really an opportunity for all of us. Because, you know, it, it's through it's through the hard times, really, right, that people start to open up. Mm-hmm. And this might be the greatest moment ever in, his, in history, or at least in my lifetime, not that I'm super old, but... This is really a time for the churches and Christians just to strike while the iron's hot. Let cops know that we love them. Let them know that Christ loves them. And, you know, maybe, I mean, mm. maybe this is a fantasy, but praying for a revival amongst law enforcement in the country? Oh, that's what I mean, we're after. I hope it's not. I hope it's right? more of a fantasy. <laughs> I mean, but wouldn't that, that mm. would be so amazing. But it's, it, you can't do it. Mm. I can't do it. It's really all of us working together. It's those little things, those little favors, those little smiles, those waves. It's the cards. It's the donuts. It's the it's the praying. Your idea of just going to the PD to pray around, the, you know, the flagpole or in front of the PD. Anything and everything we can do, depending on your own talents and skills, and maybe you just they just need a dose of bravery or, you know, or you know, supporting the Cornelius Project. You know, we'll have a link in there if that's something that you want to do. I just think this is the time. It's the time. Cops need us. So let's step up. So, Jimmy, you have anything else you want to add no, before we you, let man. these people go? It's an honor to be with you. Go to the website, thecorneliusproject.com, and, and pay attention to his links, especially about U.S. Law Shield. Be sure and get access to legal services and be prepared. Don't just think. You know, Jack Wilson in, in Texas, he did not pick up a gun for the first time that morning. Hmm. He'd been shooting 40 years, so please, if you're going to serve as somebody on a team, you know, remember what Colonel Grossman says, men do not rise to the occasion, they sink to the level of their training. Get involved. Get involved in your community. Excellent. Get involved. Thank you so much. What a privilege to be here awesome. in a foreign country. I, I mean, Minnesota. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm, I get them mixed up. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. And, hey, let's be careful out there. This program is made for informational purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice.